The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Farrell on the bench. Uh, so uh, I I played ball today, right? I didn't, I've been playing a lot of ball lately in the midst of everything going on. I told you the one story on Coast to Coast. I, I read that uh, it's good uh, to exercise, good to play basketball, good to be in the sun, uh, good to sweat, good to uh, get your heart rate going, get your immune system going. I hear all these things, and I'm I'm down with it because I like to play basketball. But I have uh, I've been playing on uh, whatever cement, and I've been playing on plastic. Have you ever seen? Mafia, those like plastic courts, they got like, uh, they're almost like, um, oh yeah, those fancy people courts, rich people courts. Yeah. yeah. So I've been playing, I have this a giant ice pack. This thing's huge. It's like a full, it's like a sleeve, you know, you can see how frozen it is. So I mean to tell you, when you put this on, like, so when NHL teams play, just so you know, when they're done, uh, and they get on the plane, like if they're on the road or whatever, even if they're at home, it doesn't matter. Like if after the game, they put like an entire body wrap of ice on these dudes. Like that's what they do. They cover their whole body with it. And um, I used to do it jokingly. I used to tell the story on the air. I would uh, get on the Thrasher's team plane and I'd have the trainer. I'd say, give me a full body uh, ice bag. And he'd look at me like I was drunk. And I'd, I'd be like, just give me the whole uh, body. What's the problem, dude? Just give me one. And he would literally uh, cover me head to toe in ice. <laughs> I would lay on the plane and see if I could take it, right? So right now I have this thing going on my foot because my feet feel broken from playing on cement. And I play for hours, dude. Three hours, like Saturday, Sunday, three more hours. Tuesday morning, two hours. My feet are killing me. So I have this ice bag under my foot and my foot is like, it's like literally sticking my foot in the North Pole underwater. It is so cold. I'm freezing ass. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. 
I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Watch this Alex Saucedo guy just beat the crap out of this other dude in top ranked boxing tonight. I saw Mark Kriegel was reporting that uh, Lomachenko is going to fight Tiafimo Lopez September 19th. Of course, uh, Lomachenko has the WBO, WBA lightweight belt. And um, they were supposed to fight on May 30th at MSG. The fight was uh, canceled because of COVID. And. Lomachenko hasn't been in the ring since October of 2019 when he beat Luke Campbell. Lopez is undefeated, earned one of four major belts in the 130-pound division when he stopped Richard Comey on uh, the end of the year in uh, 2019 in December. So that'll be a good fight, no doubt about it, right? Anyway, I was saying before that I uh, play ball and I'm just constantly like, and I play outside on these, uh, you know, hard top cement. No joke. I mean, it is no joke. Uh, First of all, your feet and knees and shins and everything else take a beating. Second of all, if you go down for any reason whatsoever, you are getting caught up. I mean, you, if you go down, forget about it. You're bleeding. That's all there is to it. You are bleeding. So under no circumstances can you go down when you're playing on the hardtop courts. It's no joke at all. Believe me. Uh, so I seen a guy today bleeding. He went down. He was bleeding bad. And I just keep thinking to myself, I got to stay upright no matter what. I got nailed from behind today playing too. Some dude cranked me from behind, lower back. I just got absolutely jacked uh, and just full on, full body weight slammed into my lower back. And I was going the other way and I was like going up. And so I got like hit from behind. Uh, Didn't see it coming. It would have been 15 yards in the NFL. The uh, unprotected player, I was completely taken out in the lower back. And I mean, I just have everything going tonight. I'm sitting here right now with my foot just completely frozen. Like I was in the like Antarctica with no shoes on and I'd been outside for two hours freezing. I got no smokes left. I don't smoke. I just thought it sounded better. Anyway. Uh, I, I usually, I usually sit with this ice bag all over me for like two hours after I play, but it's, I mean, it is so cold, dude. You have no idea. You can't even take it. You're like, you put it on a, if you put it on skin, uh, that isn't, you know, ready for it. You're just like, ah, 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 ah. I can't take it. 
So, but I, when I'm done playing and I'm, my body temperature is like a buck five or a buck 10 when I get home or whatever, it, there's nothing that bothers me about like mafia has seen me dip my feet in giant buckets of ice water for an hour where I just completely freeze my like frostbite feet just to recover from the pain of playing with the foot problems that I've had. So I don't want to hear about Cam Stewart or uh, Cam Newton having um, uh, a, you know, Liz Frank injury. You know, he can recover from that. Anybody can. I really believe that. I think that, you know, they, whatever, you break a bone in your foot, you wear a boot and you, you get, uh, eventually it heals and, and you move on and you, and you play. I think it's harder when you're older to heal from those kinds of things. My buddy, uh, I know this guy, I, I wasn't really in on it in any capacity, uh, but other than hearing about it, I know this guy that uh, I guess he was playing uh, basketball in his driveway the other day with his kids. No joke. He wasn't even, it was just, they were just having fun. No big deal. Just shooting around and, dribbling around and having fun. And the guy blew out his Achilles. And I'm just like, what could be worse? Like, you know, Mafia, you know that injury, right? We've seen it. Uh, it takes a year. I mean, it doesn't matter. If you're an NBA guy, if you're a, a professional athlete and you have the kind of PT that they give you and that you're afforded, it's different than you going to PT two or three days a week where you live. It really is. It's, you know, it's the same concept. It's just, they do it on a higher level, way higher level than you do. And oh, yeah. so when a guy that you just know, like a friend tears their Achilles or blows out their ACL or MCL, you know, mafia, you're done. Like this guy tore his, you know, he heard the pop, the whole deal, torn Achilles, done, having surgery. He's finished yeah, that, for like That's a one year. I do not want for sure. I mean, it's, it's like you said, it's different when you're you're finely tuned athlete. It's easier to come back from these injuries. You have all these, like the best of the best doctors and physical therapists and all that stuff. Like when you're just Joe Schmo, it's a lot harder. Like those guys' job is to work out and be in that great shape. Like for a guy who's just a regular dude, you you know, you might miss an appointment here or there, you go on a vacation, you get sick, you don't, you know, like your rehab's then pushed back and back and back. And it you know, could take you a year, year and a half at least with that stuff. He's doomed. And then they said that he was in agony, like when it happened, that he was, you know, they got the ambulance there because he was writhing in pain because he's not, he's not an athlete. He's not used to it. I've never seen the guy uh, play any sports, right? I just know he was just, joking around in the driveway with his kid and he blew out his Achilles. I was like, Oh, what could be worse? I heard about it. And I was just like, I felt bad for the guy. I'm always, I've told mafia a million times. I don't want anything to do with knees, ankles and Achilles. I want nothing to do. I don't even want to, I don't even want to, I don't even want to discuss it. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about people talking about their ankle. Do you remember you used to wear those big ankle uh, braces that you wore? Do you still wear those? Oh, yeah. I always wear the ankle braces. I messed up my ankles back in high school where I, I like sprained both of them like really bad twice within a year playing basketball and volleyball. And then, you know, when I've been an adult at times when we've played at the gym, I've thought, you know what, let me see if I could play without them and try to, you know, strengthen it and make it better. And like the one time I did it without it, of course, went down on someone's foot, rolled my ankle. I said, forget it, put them back on. And so do they actually stabilize your uh, ankle? 
Yeah, the ones I have, I got the you know the more expensive ones instead of just the soft ones. I got the ones that's like they're soft, but they have like a hard shell around them too, so that it, it holds you in place. So like you still have flexibility, you can still move and cut and things like that. But once you get in a position where you might roll or where you know something twists a little wrong, like it'll hold you there so that you don't do that. Right. That's crazy. So I got to tell you, like when I play now, I need uh, so like. I think, you know, they're playing this week. What is it, a holiday or something? They're like, yeah, man, we're playing Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. Yeah, July 4th weekend. And I, But I just think that, uh, you know, I could go, but I, I'd be lucky if I went uh, Friday and Sunday. Whereas, you know, that if I if it was at the club, we would I would have played all three days on indoor courts. I would have played uh, – I'll play every day indoors. I mean – I'm ready to go uh, tomorrow indoor. No problem. It's these outdoor courts, dude. I mean, they just tear you up. Like, I don't realize it till I, uh, you know, get home, ice myself for, uh, you know, an hour, 90 minutes, something like that, where I just sit around icing my whole body for the, like, 90 minutes. And then what I, what happens is, is as the day goes on, I just can't, like, my, my, I feel like my foot's broken when I'm walking, I'm limping. I could definitely feel swelling. I can definitely tell I got inflammation in my feet, in my heels. I've had bone spurs, plantar fascia double, both feet, you name it. So like playing on cement, it's just killing me. Like, because you can't play indoors because of the COVID. And I can't live without playing basketball. So I've been playing on the street. I've been playing outside. Cause I'm a badass and I like playing basketball and I play through it. Mafia knows I'll play with broken feet. He's seen me do it, but I got to tell you, it's just a kick in the onions, man. I'm just constantly like freezing my feet and freezing my body parts and dipping myself in these giant bags. I have these giant bags of ice rock and I mean, they're huge all over my body, elbows, knees, hammies, feet, heels i mean feet side of the feet my ankles top of my feet my toes both of my hands are like every finger's broken <laughs> i gotta i'm just constantly and then i saw poor old morenzi today with his root canal i mean he couldn't even talk oh the pain of it all hey everyone it's michelle williams and i love being able to share my story with you on my podcast checking in with michelle williams where my guests and i get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys and i'd love for you to join me i'm still on my own journey but i want to be transparent with you because as i was posting all the highlights of my life on social media i was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn, and most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is gonna be your church, your turn-up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So what happens is, is that I do the uh, show and I get all uh, radical 
And I start uh, bouncing around. I start moving around and I shake and I scream and I yell and things of this nature. And then what happens is the camera starts shaking. Then the microphone starts bouncing. And then I look like I'm bouncing. It gets everyone all worked up. My uh, body motion. Is that, wasn't that a bodies in motion? Wasn't that the thing that did? Uh, I think that was the people that did the exercises. Remember, Mafia, didn't I do those commercials once <laughs> for Sean T or something like that? Didn't T-90X I do that? people? Yeah. Remember when I did that? That uh, was a uh, beach body, I believe, was the company name. Right. So, anyway, I have the, uh, you know, I'm shake. I got everybody all worked up because of my shaking and, you know, Bouncing, body bounce, Pharrell bounce, right? But I think the uh, going back to the uh, logo now, the Pink Floyd, the wall, and the Pharrell on the bench logo, strong effort uh, right there today. That uh, Cardano came up with that, I think. That was his idea. And then he sent it over to Ranieri. And look at just the whole, the progress is just unbelievable. It went from the suit to the uh the man joe ranieri and then over to mafia and then it was all in motion the wheels were in motion uh, i see this story that uh, they sent me about uh, edmonton and toronto perhaps could be the hub cities for the nhl um no issues with safety protocol the nhl and nhlpa have a uh cba extension uh it looks like you know, if they get that CBA extension, that there'll be hockey. And if not, it might not happen. So they're arguing if that's the case about that escrow, right? About the escrow account, that's way over everyone's pay grade over their heads. So let's just look at it from the standpoint of Edmonton and, and Toronto, if that were the case and they got the hub cities. Listen. No offense, I'm not trying to single anybody out here. Everybody needs to calm the Pharrell down. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, let's not play judge my city here. Can we not get into all that? I've said before, I went shopping in Edmonton. I got four suits for the price of one. I went out one day with a hangover. So what happened was I would get on the road and I would drink heavily after the Thrashers would lose every night by five goals. I would bend over and I would drink. I would go to the bar and just drink just Jameson rocks. And I mean, I mean, just like a professional mafia remembers. And I would drink professionally and then I would be hammered and then I would wake up with a hangover and then I would go shopping. Some people, what I would do is I would hit the bar in the morning and have two double Bloody Marys, right? With tons of pepper and salt and the whole deal. Celery. I had it all going. Olives, just massive quantities of kettle or goose. And then I would get a just massive hangover vodka buzz going. And then Mafia knows I would go shopping for clothes. And uh, I'd buy suits, four for the price of one in Edmonton. It was great. I got some really nice threads there. But uh, I just, you know, listen, I got suits there. But what else do you do? Go to the food court? (laughs) I don't know what you do in Edmonton besides be miserable. No offense to anyone. I know you love your hometown. Fair enough. 
I'm sure it's the greatest place on earth. I thought it was pretty cool. I felt like it was built on like a fortress, uh, much like Quebec was, right? Quebec was like, to me, I don't know anything about, like, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I'm not trying to be your Canadian tour guide here, but I have been to all of them. I've been to every city, Quebec, all of them. And, uh, you know, I've called games everywhere. So uh, I think Quebec is probably the coolest city uh, I was ever in in Canada. I thought Ottawa was a lot of fun. I think Toronto is the biggest city and coolest city. But uh, I like Calgary and Cowboys and uh, the Stampede. And I liked Edmonton when I was there calling a game and all the history in that uh, city with hockey and, and Gretzky and company, that whole team, Hall of Famers. So I have no problem with it going there. I just think if they want them to be miserable, <laughs> that was my point. It, this is a perfect idea then. If you're if Gary Bettman is trying to make everyone miserable, you stick them in Edmonton. Uh, Toronto, I can live with. Like, Morenci took me to some underground overnight. Maybe uh, we went to somewhere. Were you with us, Mafia, when we went on that party? No, I was not on that trip. I heard all about it, but I was not on that. I heard about the you know the antics in the park and the heated floors in the hotel and all that stuff. So we went, and he took me to some underground club till like uh, four or five in the morning. It was awesome. And uh, Toronto rocks, right? It's just a great city without hate. It's not. It's New York without hate. You know, New York's got all the hate, and everybody is a jerk, and people are rude, and just savages in New York. People are savages. Chicks will run you over. They'll stick a stiletto in the top of your foot like Jesus. Spit on you. Punch you in the face. Chop off your onions. <laughs> stick them down your throat. They don't, I mean, they mean business here in New York. There's so many people filled with hate. It's not even funny. But in Toronto, it's just cool people, right? So I can see Toronto, but you got to give them somewhere cool like Vegas. Now, Mafia, I'm here in Vegas is out. I don't know why. Is it because the Southwest, all these uh, cities are getting hammered again? Like, is Vegas getting hammered again? Yeah, I think Nevada is one of those states where the numbers are jumping up. But, I mean, obviously, they've been kind of lenient with what they're looking for as long as you can kind of isolate them and things like that. But I guess they're feeling that the numbers are jumping up enough in Nevada that they might be out of the picture. But I mean, that was the only one that we knew was a lock allegedly. Now all of a sudden it's out. Like we went from limiting it to how many there are left to now taking out ones that were supposed to already be in. Do you know how much I know you? Can I, can I just, I'm just going to call you out because I know you like a son, like the back of my hand, right? Like all your games and all your little tricks. How about this one? He's doing work right now. I know for a fact he's doing some kind of work right now. He's editing. He's doing something. The first hour, he's doing something because I always know when I ask him a question and he doesn't want to answer, he's like, yeah, it's a great place. Uh, you know, <laughs> I can tell Mavi, you can't even lie to me. I know you're doing something because you're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree, but uh, I would tell you that uh, right now, uh, with the the way things are going and the numbers are spiking, there's a, a high level of concern in the area. <laughs> he was, he has Always no interest. He's like, yeah, yeah, I play ball with you. Yeah, you got sore feet. I remember. Hey, what'd you think of that? Did you go on that show? No, uh, I heard all about it. It sounded like a lot of fun. Wish I was there. <laughs> I know he's doing something else because he's like, when I ask him a question, he's just like, yeah, uh. Uh, yeah, that sounded like a really fun time. Wish I was there. I heard about the park. Was there reefer involved? 
Like, I know you're doing something else. Don't even lie to me. I'm always doing something else. I'm always doing multiple things. It's never just one thing. Come on, you know that. But I caught you dead in your tracks because I'm right. Like, you're like, when I ask you a question, I can tell you, like, yeah, uh, uh-huh. I'm with you. Whatever you say, I'm, I'm there. I'll support the show. <laughs> I can tell. I know all your moves now. And you know all mine. Well, I hope you, you would know, after, I'm what, like a, a, you're 13 like a, years now? 15 years. You're like a wife. You know all my tricks. Did you know the one trick I had was when it was my, what was it? Was it my 40th birthday or something? I think it was like my 40th birthday when I went to the uh, score strip club all night. Do you remember that one? And then uh, I never came home and uh, I was out with all the stern people. Right. And I went uh, to the bar and I was there all night and I left at five in the morning or something. Right. And four in the morning when it closed and got home at like six in the morning. Right. So I'm not, you had to stop along the way to get drugs and everything else on the way home. And then all I remember was uh, I snuck in the house and I snuck in bed real quiet and I never made a peep. Like even the birds were asleep when I got home and I was hammered and uh, I laid down in bed and then right, I thought I'd gotten in. And I was like, whew, I breathed out like real quiet. I was like, I was like, and then, boom, 34C smashed my nose in. Remember Mafia and broke my nose? She just came over the top with a, just a full hammer fist right on my face and split my nose open. Bam, just boom, right on my nose. And then I just started gushing blood. And then I had uh, double shiner black eyes. You remember that? Of course. I mean, if there's one person who's not going to let you get away with your BS and take your, you know, your antics is going to be 34. She, she's always there to put you in your place when you're out of line. When, like, so it was like, it's my 40th. And I'm like, the boys are taking me to the strip club. She's like, have fun. It's your birthday. I mean, there's nothing I can do about it. Have fun. You know, just be careful. And then I show up at six in the morning the next day. And she's like, I hate you. I'll kill you. I will set you on fire. I will cut off your thing. You, you will suffer. I will cut you. Come on, Scott. You should have known better after all the years of marriage that you had that that was not a real, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. See you in the morning, sweetheart. That was, I'm going to tell you it's okay. And if you do it anyway, I'm going to be pissed and you're going to pay for it. My buddy rolled up in the car. I'm like, let me out here. He's like, dude, your house is another 200 yards. I'm like, just let me out of the car. Let me just get up, pull over. Gotta walk up the street. Can't slam doors. She's gonna wake up. She's gonna break my nose. She knows I smell like strippers. Here, take this coat. (laughs) Don't ever come to my house again. I was never with you. We didn't sleep with those girls. He had just said to me that because uh, I told him I play this really good game and the all the players are really good. They all played high school, college ball. A couple of them are rim hangers. There's guys that can just flat out play. The, all, every one of them can score, defend. They all set screens, pick and rolls. They, mo- they move, they cut. 
Uh, there's guys swatting shots, grabbing rebounds, fast breaks, the whole deal. And they never fight. There's never arguments. And there's no one yelling or screaming. There's no, like, if there's a close call, they just give it to the other team. Like, you take it. Like, when the game starts, so, like, none of this, like, all right, shoot for it. These dudes are like, just take the ball. And it's just, like, the friendliest game I've ever played in. And then I told Mavia that, and he goes, I don't want to play a game like that. He goes, I just want to get in fights. I was like, that's Listen, awesome. People can't be nice. It's not fun. You don't like it when the players are cool with each other in the NBA. You like it when they hate each other like the Knicks and the Heat back in the 90s. Mafia said, he goes, I'm not playing with those peas. He goes, I, I, like, I want to play where we play and get in fistfights and argue every play and every call and every loose ball and every out of bounds, every uh, play in the lane is you're getting hacked 30 times. And then guys are throwing hands and shoving and throwing balls at people's faces. Oh, wait a minute. Those are just the things I do. <laughs> so anyway, did you see the story about I, one of the stories I never really got to today? I tried to, I thought I had it all under control was this uh, Iowa story. I, the gift that keeps on giving. Did you guys see this? This uh, Akram Wadley guy played at Iowa, the running back. And uh, he said it was like, it was a nightmare playing there for Kirk Ferentz. Uh, this week, he said playing there was a living nightmare. He played there for uh, Ferentz and, and offensive coordinator Brian Ferentz, his son, and former uh, strength and conditioning coach Chris Doyle, the guy they just fired for all the racism, right? And then um, this stuff was uh, has already been published, apparently. This guy is working on a uh, story on former players to voice their experiences of the program. In other words, to destroy Ferentz, his son, Doyle, and the football program. That's the guy's goal. It's pretty obvious to me. No offense to him, but that's sure what it looks like to me. When you're doing a book about and you're running a firm where your job is an advisory firm, and their their job is working with several former players to describe their experience with the program. That's a it's not a puff piece. That's a uh, we're going to get you piece. Iowa has hired a law firm uh, for review of the program after a large group of former black players spoke out about mistreatment. Uh, we all know that. And then they reached uh, separation agreements with Doyle. That's called being fired. They paid him $1.2 million to go away. They still owe him in the end of July and the end of January. They owe him $1.2 million to get fired for being a racist. How about that? <laughs> How about that, Mafia? You get $1.2 million to go away. You're fired for being a racist. You're ruined. Your career's over. No one's going to hire you. Hi, I'd like to turn in my resume. I'm the racist at Iowa. And then what happens? No one, no one's hiring you. Okay. So unless you basically find God and go to work at Liberty, right. In some Christian school where Falwell can uh, be your boss, you're not getting a job in D one if you're fired for being a racist. Right. But it sure helps having $1.2 million to think about it. Cause you know, if I had $1.2 million, I wouldn't do anything. I'd be laying on a Caribbean beach saying whatever I want about anybody at that point. Right. Once they've ruined your life. But how about this guy saying, listen, I was, quote, I was threatened by Kirk Ferentz that my meal card would be taken away and I will not eat or be able to sit with my teammates during eating sessions. 
He did follow through with the threat. I went to use my meal card. It was declined. I had to call my mother from New Jersey at 11 at night because I was hungry to order Domino's pizza for me. Or I would go to a fan's house early in the night to eat because there was no way I was going to be able to make it through the next day, vomiting, uh, being weak, and being able to make it through uh, practice. Um, then he asked the director of player development to find him a therapist because no one in the football program would help or listen to me uh, to what I had to say. Um, he he did get a, a therapist. After one session, she disappeared. <laughs> what, did they kill her? What, they put her in a hole in the desert? I mean, uh, I know I'm joking, but honestly, like, what happened to the team therapist? She was there one day and gone the next. I mean, honestly, right? No one told me where she went, and no one was put in, in her place after that. I didn't want to ask too many questions because we would get punished for anything and everything. Uh, Iowa released a statement, as previously stated, uh, Kirk Ferentz will not be commenting on individual unverified accusations posted on social media out of respect for the independent review process. Um, you know, I got to tell you. Anyway, here's what else he wrote. My time at Iowa has done things to me that I am not going to discuss because knowing how these people treated me and other black athletes, I am done giving them power over me. But if I could do it all over again, I wish I had never played for Iowa. I would not encourage any future athletes or parents to send your kid to play for Iowa under the current coaching staff. Mafia, there is no way. How in God's name? I mean... Seriously, like it, this is so pathetic. It's not even funny. Here's my outside view of it. You hire a law firm, right, to find out what happened. An investigative law firm, you know, like staff, they're going to have a they're going to huddle up and, and form a like, you know, a committee to investigate the football program. Right. The law firm. And what they're really saying in Portuguese is we're going to find out what happened and we're going to defend you because. There's so many accusations by black players against Ferentz, his son, and Doyle, and the you know athletic program that they're facing just endless litanies of lawsuits. Fair enough. And so Iowa football has got big problems on their hands, and it's obvious to me that one day after the next, somebody's throwing them under the bus. And someone explained to me how it is that Kirk Ferentz <laughs> still has his job. I mean, honestly, like, uh, and it alleges that Brian Barron, son of Kirk, and an Iowa assistant uh, there since 2012, repeatedly asked him if he planned to rob a liquor store or a gas station whenever he saw Wadley wearing a team-issued wool cap. He also alleges that Iowa targeted him and other black players for not gaining enough weight during the season, which led them to binging on shakes before workouts and becoming sick. Uh, this is unbelievable. <laughs> How many? What did he say? How many banks have you robbed? If you're going to rob a liquor store or a gas station whenever he saw me, I mean, what is going on there? Like, uh, all I know is if, let's say, I'm not even if. You already got one guy fired because he was a racist, right? Like, did they not fire the strength coach and then his son transferred out of there faster than you could spit? Are, are we not already down the path of least resistance on whether or not they got a race problem at Iowa? Are we not already like convinced that Kirk Ferentz and his son and this guy Doyle are, are crazy? You can say whatever you want about me. Hate me all you want. 
I'm just calling a spade a spade. Like, do they not have a massive problem at Iowa? Are you kidding? How is it that a coach gets fired for it and then nobody else had anything to do with it? They fired him. Do you notice how they, like, pinned it all on Doyle? Okay, so Doyle might be the reason for a, a big part of it, and he's guilty and busted, and he took the deal, $1.2 million, to say bye-bye. So he's, you know, eating his sandwich, right? Fair enough. He's finished. He'll never coach. He's done. He's he's out of work for I mean, he's out of football. He'll be doing something else. I guarantee it ain't going to be football. So here's the deal. You're going to tell me that this is that same BS that uh, Kirk Ferentz had no idea that this was going on. And he had nothing to do. Mafia, what was the other one we were just talking about with some other coach that uh, we were just doing where the coach had no idea any of this was happening? Was that the, in uh, West Virginia where the D.C. just got uh, in trouble? That's another one. That's another guy. But there, there was another one we were doing. It's just endless. I mean, it's endless as that. You have, you know, of course, Louisville with Patino. You have, you know, Bill Saul with Kansas, even though they have a text chain. He had no idea what was going on, even though he's the only coach actually linked to it. It just happens over over college athletics. It's not going to go away. It's just amazing to me, like you said, that this is going on and that there is no real movement on possibly getting rid of him. And let's just say this, if they do get rid of him, they just pay the strength and the conditioning coach 1.2 million to go away. How much are they going to pay Kurt Ferentz if they fire him? 10? Right. Like, so would you, um, would you fire Kirk Ferentz? I don't know how you don't. I mean, with everything going on, like it's one thing if this, this one coach did it and he was the bad apple. Okay. You get him out of there, whatever. But now that, his own son's getting allegations against him. You tell me you don't know your son's doing this stuff or, you know, there's been allegations against Kirk himself. Like, even if it's not directly tied to him, there are too many guys within this program under his purview right now that were doing these things to these kids, allegedly, and that he did no, nothing to stop it, no action. You know, he didn't change the program. All of a sudden, now he's saying he wants to change it and everything. He's listening and this isn't who we are, but too damn late. It's crazy, right? And then, um, you know, I just think with all the stories that are coming out about him, can you imagine like if if a guy actually was I mean, seriously, was making players starve, he wouldn't let him eat at the uh, training table. That's what they call them at the you know athletic training table. They get, you know, endless amounts of food. Let's say like at, you know, uh, Indiana or Michigan, they have this the. When you're an athlete, you get to eat like endless amounts of food. Let's like buffet central. And all you do is just it is just no end in sight to the amount of food they give you. And so uh, we're hearing a guy saying literally he's like, they wouldn't let me eat. (laughs) I had to call my mom to order me a pizza at Domino's. I mean, what do you do? You can't do that seven nights a week, can you? I mean, so no, it sounds- not only that, when they who try to get help and deal with the issues that they're causing, the mental right. angst they're giving him, all of a sudden the you know therapist just disappears. Yeah, like he's trying to get help, and you get rid of that. You, they're not. You're not allowed to get help, and you're going. We're going to starve you. Like honestly, you got to fire the guy. Just get rid of him already. You know, I mean, the guy's been there forever, and he acts like he's. I've never known any of this stuff was going on. <laughs> been there forever i had no idea this was happening under my nose i just don't believe one word of it i don't believe for one second that guy didn't know what was going on let me have we not had this conversation before mafia where we're like you remember uh 
remember when I had the conversation with the guy that owns the casino? I'm like, yeah, like, uh, you know, everything <laughs> that goes on in here. <laughs> yep. but do you remember? Do you, I go, you know, every single penny that comes through here, you know, everything. Like if you run a casino, do you not know everything? Literally everything that's going on in your casino. If you're good at your job, you do. Well, I don't know anyone. Do you think Steve Wynn opened up uh, uh, Encore and uh, his uh, resorts in Las Vegas? Do you think he opened up all those massive casinos because he's an idiot? I mean, honestly, yeah. there's not one. There is not one. I mean, do you think the MGM owns all those properties in Las Vegas because they're stupid? Because they don't know what's going on in their casinos. They know everything. It's like. Uh, you know, I, I don't believe for one minute Rick Pitino didn't know what was going on at Louisville. I don't believe any of these guys. Bill Self, I never, he, ne he never did anything wrong, Bill Self. Is there anything worse than the guy that sues everybody back? He's like, you're suing me? You're, you're going to get me fired? I'm going to sue all of you people. <laughs> you know, Bill Self's going to sue the NCAA. He never did a thing wrong, ever. I mean, I just don't know who to believe anymore. I definitely don't believe Kirk Ferentz. All right, Pharrell on a bench. Don't forget uh, Sports Grid uh, Radio Overnights. Uh, Pharrell on a bench, 1 a.m., Sports Rage, 3 uh, with Marinci, my boy, and then uh, Scott Wetzel, Bagels and Bad Beats, 5 a.m. Uh, check out Overnights, Sports Grid Radio, and uh, go on our YouTube page and search uh, Sports Grid Radio, and you'll see the uh, – YouTube video, uh, you can watch us do the shows. It's all Gandhi. I got my new uh, logo backdrop rock. I want to check in on uh, Marenzi. He's coming up next on Sports Grid Radio. And he had his root canal. They tore out a dead root out of his mouth. When I saw him today, the entire side of his face was swollen, as swollen as my basketball outdoor hardcore feet right now, dipped in buckets of ice and wrapped in ice. Uh, how's your mouth, dude? Not, not, uh, not too good, Scotty, actually. You know what? We're going to get through it. I'm speaking uh, a little bit uh, better uh, right now, uh, but the reality, the pain, the discomfort, just the annoyanceness uh, of this all is kicking in. Um, I can't smoke. I can't drink. I'm on antibiotics. I'm drinking. I got a special grapefruit with uh, special healing powers uh, in them. I'm popping all kinds of capsules. Fortunately, Scotty, I'm in a legal territory right now, right? right? So let's just say edibles is the theme of the night tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, let me ask you this real quick. Uh, does BC have a strain for pain? Well, you know what I'd say? They should. They actually should. <laughs> the pain strain. I like it. The pain <laughs> Extra strain strong. The Morenci pain strain. 38% gotta... THC. <laughs> Listen, I'll grow it with you if you get us the license. I'm ready out out in uh, Vancouver. You get that pain strain going to Marenzi Pain Sports Ridge uh, pain, <laughs> pain strain. strain. Son. You got to get like some it. of that. Listen, uh, have a great show, Marenzi. I hope you feel better, bro. Uh, smoke a fatty and uh, eat those pills and go to bed after your show tonight. I'll see you freaks tomorrow on Coast to Coast 4 East.